You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 162. Here we go. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, a fiduciary, an educator, a Dave Ramsey SmartVestor Pro, a wealth advisor, and it is great to be with you today. And today's episode is how do I get in on the GameStop stock frenzy? But before we get to the topic of the day, I was an entrepreneur way back when. When I was a little kid, me, my brother, my friends, we wanted to earn money. And yeah, I did some babysitting. I cut some lawns for neighbors. I watched neighbors' dogs. But we made a lot of money getting on our bike going to the golf course when it was closed and looking in the fields and the ponds for golf balls. And we would collect dozens of golf balls. And then we put signs up in our yard selling the golf balls or maybe just set up a stand a few blocks away from the golf course and sell those golf balls. And we made a fortune. And when I mean fortune, I mean we made like $50, $75 on a given day. Now, we only did this in the summertime, three, four times a year, maybe into the fall, and we were saving up our money. And then one of my buddies introduced me to gambling. And I was young. We were young. But he knew someone, can't name names, that was a bookie in our neighborhood. And we were then as youngsters, allowed to bet on football games or basketball games or whatever we wanted. And if you've ever bet on, let's say, NFL games, you can parlay things together to win more money. You can bet $25 on 10 different teams, and if it all works out, you got a lot of money in your hands, especially at age 12 or 13. So I jumped right on the bandwagon. I was like, heck yes, we're going to turn this you know, couple hundred bucks we have into a couple thousand dollars and we will be off to the races. But it's not that easy. Betting on football and basketball is gambling and it's very, very difficult to win. A few people win, but the majority of the people lose. And for us, we won sometimes which is great, but the majority of the time we lost. And eventually we took riskier and riskier bets, betting on more teams just to get back to our original few hundred dollars. And guess what we ended up with? Zero. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, how can I get in on this GameStop stock frenzy? 
I mean, you'd have to be under a rock not hearing about all that's going on in the stock market right now, especially with a few of these companies, namely GameStop, but I'll mention a couple of others as well. I mean, what happened? I mean, how did all of this happen? How did this frenzy happen? Well, it started with some Reddit groups, other forums, Twitter, and individuals, and mostly in these Reddit groups. And I don't want to name which groups. There was more than one. There's a big one out there. But the group, I think, is intended to punish the man. And in this case, the man is Wall Street. So how do they do it? How does a Reddit group punish Wall Street? Well, they banded together to run the price of GameStop up and up and up. I mean, how do you do that? The only way you can do that is if you can band together many, many hundreds, maybe thousands of investors and get them all to buy a certain company. And when you do that, it's all supply and demand. If somebody keeps buying any stock and people keep buying, there's always two ends of the table. There has to be a buyer and a seller. And it's all supply and demand. So if there's so many buyers and few sellers, that seller can keep demanding a higher and higher price. That's why GameStop went from $20 at its, into its high at like 460 in the matter of days. Well, how do they hurt the big man doing that? Well, here's what they knew. And more specifically, I think it came down to one person that was driving this Reddit group, and then it just kind of spilled into other groups. Well, there are a couple of hedge funds that bet against GameStop months ago. And how do you bet against a certain company? Well, you short the stock. So here's the the little technical part that we're going to get into. What is shorting a stock? Well, you borrow shares from a company who owns shares of the stock that you want to short. Let's say a mutual fund company. But you promise that you'll give those shares back after a set period of time. So you borrow the shares. You have to pay, while you're borrowing the shares, you have to pay that mutual fund company interest and fees for borrowing the shares. And incidentally, some mutual fund companies keep all that money. The mutual fund companies that Fortress Planning Group and our clients invest in, well, we want to be in mutual fund companies where that money that mutual fund companies are earning on short selling goes back to us, the shareholders, because that's what's right. So be careful when you're selecting your own mutual funds. You may not get all that you deserve. So the shares get borrowed from a company, mostly mutual fund companies who own millions and millions of shares with a promise to give those shares back after a set period of time. So when you borrow the shares, the hedge fund company, you go ahead and sell them right away. Let's say you borrowed the shares and on that day, the stock was worth $20 each and you borrowed 100,000 shares selling them. You just put $2 million in your pocket minus the interest and fees you're paying because the shares are being lended to you in the first place. However, you need to give the shares back someday, but you are betting the stock is going to drop. Let's say it does drop. You're right. And it drops to $5 a share. Now it's time to give those shares back. So you have to go out and buy the shares because you already sold them. So you go buy 100,000 shares 
at $5 each. That's $500,000. And you give the shares back to the mutual fund company. Net-net, you gain $1.5 million minus the interest and fees, which incidentally are a lot of money, but you're still up a lot. Well, hundreds and thousands of people bought GameStop. There was a frenzy going on in these groups and they wanted to punish the man. The stock started at 20 bucks a share. Stock buying and selling, like I said, it's always a transaction between two people. It's supply and demand. More people buy and the price keeps going up. Some people bought that stock at $20 a share. Some people bought it at 40, some at 100, some at 350. Some bought it at the high point at $469 a share on Wednesday. As of right now, Friday, last Friday in January, this episode is going to come out the first uh, Friday in February, but the stock was at $335. One year ago, it was selling at $4 a share. Yesterday, it dropped briefly to $132 a share. Wild, wild price swings. But remember, there always has to be two decisions when you buy a stock for the short term. When are you going to buy it and when are you going to sell it? It's not profit until you sell out. So these people, mostly millennials that bought GameStop and maybe bought it low and are sitting on a lot of profit, they haven't sold yet. They haven't earned anything yet because the price is still fluctuating. And there's a whole nother story going on because yesterday, some of the broker dealers even halted trading on GameStop and a couple of other companies that were just flying like crazy as well. And that's companies like Express, AMC Entertainment, BlackBerry, Bed Bath & Beyond, The Children's Place, AMC Networks, all kinds of companies that are were trading at a deep value because they were not doing great. And here you have now GameStop that you have investors, millennials buying at 100 a share, 200, 400 a share. And now they're holding it, thinking the stock's going to keep going up. Well, back to the short sellers. Let's talk about those guys again. When the price kept going up this week, the hedge funds that shorted the stock in the first place got what's called squeezed. And this happens when you have to cover your losses because the stock keeps going up. So a couple of these hedge funds, what it meant for them is they had to go buy the shares that they borrowed and give them back to the mutual fund company, to the rightful owners. So let's go back to our example. Remember the goal of Short selling is buying the stock lower than the price you borrowed at and sold in the first place. So if the price keeps going up, let's go back to our example. And you're getting squeezed, and now you have to give the shares back. And now these 10,000 shares you have to buy at $300 a share, well, that's 30 million bucks. You sold them for 2 million. That's a net difference of $28 million that you just lost, plus, of course, the interest and fees. In the case of the hedge funds, when they got squeezed, they collectively lost over $3 billion shorting GameStop. What about all these individuals, though? What about them? The me's, the you's. Even worse when I say me, because I'm almost 50, but those kids that are 17 and 18, or that 25-year-old that just got his first job with a bunch of student loan, 
or that 32-year-old that has accumulated $150 in a rollover IRA or $150,000 in a rollover IRA. What about them? Well, I read some stories. I read about a kid in my local hometown that had got 50 bucks for Christmas. He turned that into 1000 real quick by buying GameStop stock. And that's what the article said. He made $950, but there's a problem with that. He didn't sell the stock yet. So now his stock is worth 300. So did he make 1000? No. If he sold right now, he'd make 250 bucks. But guess what he said? I'm still holding. I think the stock's going to go back up. I read about another guy, makes $35,000. And in one day, he went from having a few thousand dollars in his uh, trading account, I don't know how many, and his account went up to a million bucks. Not all on GameStop, but some of these other ones too. Guess what he did? He quit his job. (laughs) He said he's going to do this full time because he thinks he gets it now. And guess what? He didn't cash out in any of these positions yet. He's still holding, thinking they're going to go higher. So what is it? Why are these, I'm going to say, kids holding on to stocks that fundamentally are not worth near as much as the price currently indicates? Well, on these Reddit groups, I started digging in a little bit, and they seem to all be unified under one principle, and that is this. Bet as much as you can at the highest possible risk. That's what they're egging each other on to do. Buy things like penny stocks or buy short-term options. Those are derivatives. There's such big risk in those. These Reddit groups on forum, they not only encourage risky trades, but they also want you to trade your whole net worth. It's the very thing that a certified financial planner such as me is going to make my stomach turn over and over again. People on these forums or one particular forum, they seem to be more interested in the game than the outcome. But this is real money. This can be extremely dangerous. I read about one grad student who bet all his money, 6000 bucks, lost it all. Then guess what he did? He dipped into his student loan money just to get back to even, but it didn't happen. So he grabbed more student loan money and he sold his car and he ended up losing another $30,000. He's a wreck. See, on some of these forums, it's all opposition to the normal culture. I mean, what's the normal culture? Well, some people say, well, the popular kids at school, that's normal. We don't want to be normal. Or normal people focus on things like the long term. Oh, you ever hear me say that before? They focus on diversification. They focus on costs. That's normal. We don't want to be normal. We don't want to wait 20 years for a payoff. We want to get rich quick. You know, in these groups, you can tag, or I think it's called flaring, different things in this group, and you can search on the flares or the tags, and they have their own language, language you won't even understand. I read somewhere, and I've never been on a one specific Reddit group that I'm thinking about right now, but you have to know that language or you'll get on. You won't even know what people are talking about, but there's a tag for betting your life savings on something. There's a tag for winning big, and there's a tag for losing everything you have. And generally, all this high-risk stuff results in extreme loss. Hey, I'm talking serious right now because this is serious stuff. 
those people who bought GameStop or whatever else in the past, if you didn't sell, I mean, it's not over yet, but that stock's not going to hold. There's no fundamentals to make it hold. And let's go way beyond GameStop. Let's start talking about some of these groups where they've been doing all these derivative betting on life savings. And I've read an article where you can search a flair for the losers and you'll find people that have bet $100,000, $200,000 on one risky bet and losing everything. Those are very normal stories within the Reddit groups. If you start digging into some of this stuff, you'll see that it is a cause for suicide too. I mean, think about it. A 21, 22-year-old kid even having $10,000, $20,000 and losing it all in a day. Whoo, that's tough stuff. That's really tough stuff. But of course, some win. The guy who started the GameStop frenzy is reportedly up $14 million. I'm not sure if he sold yet or not. I'm sure he sold some, but he left many, many in his tracks that are going to lose big time. And for a lot of these people, it's $10,000. It's all they have. It's $20,000. It's all they have. And they got in on the frenzy and they bought the company at 100 or 200 or 400 and they're holding. There's a phrase for that in one of these Reddit groups. I think it's called the diamond hands. It talks about holding and holding for eventual profit. Because remember, there's always two decisions. When to buy? And this week it was, let me get in and buy. You might have saw that stock price at $100 by the time you got a chance to buy it. It was $250. That's how quick it happened. And then you got to think about, when am I going to sell it? And if you got the diamond hands, you're not selling right now. And a lot of people who bought high and they're waiting for it to come back again, they're going to be in for a rude awakening. This is high stakes gambling. This is a drug. Because when you lose big, you just want to get back to even. And then you lose more. And worse yet, with some of this derivative betting, you can leverage, you can borrow money. So now you lost every cent you made and you're in the hole and you owe $50,000 or more. I read one article where a guy lost everything and he completely swore off these groups for good after losing, but he couldn't help himself. He got a new job. He got a couple of paychecks and he said, the heck with rent. Let's try and get this all back. Let's try and get it all back with one bet. What do you think is going to be the end story for this guy? So some people will say that this is unprecedented, like nothing like this has ever happened in our history. And I'm going to call bull on that. I'm going to call bull because it has happened. A couple hundred years ago, gold was squeezed. In the 1920, guess what got squeezed? The grocery store chain, Piggly Wiggly. This stuff has happened before, and it will happen again. And there's a whole nother argument out there for regulation for the big guy and for the little guy. Because when this started happening, the hedge fund managers started complaining to the SEC. And in some places, stock trading just halted on broker-dealers. And then there was another outcry. Are you trying to protect the big man? What about the little guy? So many opinions going on. So much to this story that I have barely cracked the surface. But I'll tell you one thing, this behavior scares me. It scares me big time. We, 
You and I, we're family stewards. We don't act this way. We are not gamblers. We are investors. There's a big difference. As family stewards, most of us know this. But now the stakes are higher because we need to teach our kids and we need to teach them now. And it's not going to be easy. Millennials saw a struggle in 08 and now in this pandemic. And this type of gambling, it's not any different than me and my friends betting on football games. Looking to double our money very quickly. It was so alluring. And I remember in the pit of my stomach how bad I felt when we lost everything. Lucky for me, I don't like to gamble anymore. Well, except for maybe the time that I put $100 on a blackjack bet in Vegas. One hand, I lost. I haven't played blackjack since. But at high school and college, they're not necessarily teaching good family stewardship approaches to money. Not at all. It's up to us to teach our kids that getting to financial freedom or retirement is not about betting the farm on a risky bet. It's about limiting risk. It's about understanding your how your portfolio should operate in good times and bad. It's about discipline and it's about having a long-term strategy. So what are you gonna do? First, are you gonna participate in this frenzy that's going on? And if you are so allured, I will just caution you to just grab a little bit of play money and start a little account and have a cutoff because this is just like going to Vegas. Make sure that you can afford to lose it and and then have at it for that, but not your retirement money. But instead, let's teach our kids. Let's teach our kids good, proper family stewardship approach to money. This is all the time that I have, but I will see you all soon in two weeks. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everybody. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.